Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number one of my new podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to be banging on again about elderly care. I've been talking about it a lot lately. One of those things I want to keep it very much at the forefront of people's mind. Kind of glad I hitched my wagon to dementia because it's, uh, it's quite topical at the moment. People didn't give a shit about elderly care for a long time, and I hitched my wagon to it because I'm a jogging-bottomed Barakiel. Head of the Guardian Angels. I think I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. One of those people sort of grasps uh, towards a, a, a better vocabulary. I, I hope to be prolix, but um, sometimes I mispronounce the words. I, I, I had a collegiate education. I went to university. I studied English literature and creative writing and got first class honours, mate, after seven years. So within care work, a, a writer called Sally Tisdale, who I really love and admire, she wrote an amazing article for Harper's called Out of Time. And in it, she said, the world that I see within the care home environment, the world I see is far more nuanced than the commentary surrounding it. There is grace here, rare intimacy, moments of clarity. And yes, happiness is slowly disappearing is a disaster. Is the abrupt tsunami better? Death. That is the abrupt tsunami is just death. Getting hit by a bus. Exploding across the road. I reckon I'm going to die in... Uh, I, re- I reckon I'm going to die. I reckon my bowels are going to eventually defeat me. My, my my bowels, I've had problems with them for a long time. Had a big bowel operation, so I'm missing a bit of bowel and a bit of my ileum as well. And I remember I was on a date with someone who also had a, a section of their ileum cut out. And I knew that they had two centimetres less than me. And on the next day, I brought in my medical records to prove that I'd had two centimetres more of my ileum, my small intestine removed than her because I was not going to allow her to win this one. I had to I had to be number one. And uh, and I certainly proved that I was that day. And the date didn't didn't end so well. And yes, happiness back into my Radio 4 voice. If the stark fact is that dementia is incurable, progressive and fatal. But here is the surprise. In the company of the demented, one finds peace and unquestioned love in at least as much measure as in the rest of the world. People with dementia sometimes have a rare entrancement with their surroundings, a simplicity of perception, a sense of wonder. And I say that in the care home environment, you have to play lots of different roles, really. You know, you can be a friend, a confidant, a whipping boy, if that's what the situation calls for, a prosthesis, an extension of them, extension of their their, their arms and legs. Ultimately, someone who provides consistency in a drunken world full of tectonic shifts. And I think a partial facsimile of dementia that I've experienced was when I was in university and we used to bung a load of powder into bowls and snort indiscriminately from the bowl 
or powder. Didn't know what you were getting. You're up and down, left and right. Also, I remember at parties, what I used to do is I used to mainly hoard a loads of gram, like grams of whatever we were taking to myself. So like four grams of MD or, or, or Coke or whatever it was, methadrome. And then I'd have a, a sharing bag just to show that I was sociable and sort of party boy bag. And I'd share that around and then uh, I'd... I'd I'd go to the toilet and put a plastic bag bin bag over myself to muffle the sound of me snorting the remaining four grams uh, because I didn't want to share. And uh, that was my life for for quite a while. And what a life! You're living life inside a bag, in, in the bag of coke, well, in a bin bag. Just bags all the way down, really. Bags under your eyes as well. So the from the sleep deprivation, so the, the motif works. Uh, yeah, so that's the introduction. What I'm going to play now, it's a recording of someone who's a big part of my life and has sadly died. I, I wasn't able to go to this person's funeral because of, uh, because of the plague. But she got out of here before this all kicked off. She's 98 years old and she got out of here. She packed the bags, she left. And she's wanted to she's wanted to exit this world. She's wanted her somatic self to be erased by flames for, for a long time. But she's someone I cared for for eight years. I, I loved her very much. I loved her deeply. And this is an audio of uh how we'd like to be disposed of when we die. So um, very, uh, very apt at the moment. A lot of people see the elderly as being expendable, that they're just a strata of society that can be sloughed off the top. But then listen to this conversation and, and, and try and dehumanise the people involved uh, and it becomes more difficult when when you listen to a sort of profound intimate conversation like this but i do do a bit in my stand-up about you know someone taking a bit too long with uh dying i do long protracted breath the audience is wrapped in silence and then she goes <gasps> i go oh not yet Happened four more times, and by that point, I was like, "Why are you ruining your death for me?" Hmm? But yeah, if if someone if someone if if you are dying, do 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 be prompt because you've got to think about the people who are in the room with you. You know, they've got stuff to do, mate. They've got to get to home base by a plug. And do you really want to be delaying that with your final breaths? Because you're out of here, mate. You've, you've literally got nothing left to do on this earthly plane. Apart from a few burps and hiccups, breaths, and shitting yourself. But that usually comes after the heart stops. Fun fact for you. Anyway. <laughs> no, stop. 
not to trivialize not to trivialize death uh yeah get back into uh, a, a, a nicer mindset because um the yeah the, the the conversation i'm about to show you is really very touching i've listened to it again and and it makes me well up every time because uh, i wasn't able to go to a funeral and i just want to sort of release this as a bit of an homage to say how much this woman meant to me i'd have really in-depth conversations with her like the, like the jfk assassination heaven and hell she even remembered that I got beaten up in Romford. She remembered that and she had dementia. She remembered it three, four years later. So talk about Romford. She went, oh, you've got to watch yourself in Romford. You mustn't go back there. And I was like, oh, why is that? She was like, you got, you got buffed in the eye in Romford. I was like, fuck, God, she did. I forgot about it. She remembered. But uh, she was, apparently she was still, I hadn't, because I quit this job, I hadn't seen her for, about a month prior to her, her dying, apparently she was still calling out uh, for me every day. Yeah, I had to leave the job quite abruptly because um, I had I, think I had a sort of breakdown. Really, got three hours into an hour shift and a uh, fourteen-hour shift. Sorry, into three hours into it, and then just held my hands up and went, "No, not not for me anymore. Eight years is is plenty." But um, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably be talking about elderly care and stuff like that quite a lot in these episodes. I'm not going to edit them either. This is just a, a ramble, a stream of consciousness. If you think I'm a good company and you'd like to be in my presence and and you're enjoying the podcast and you decide that you you'd follow me to the ends of the earth and that I deserve to be an essential love to you, not just a contingent love. I, 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 if, if, I, if you want me to be the central figure in your life, the essential figure in your life, then, um, yeah, keep coming back. Simone de Beauvoir, you talked about that, the idea of being the essential love and the, being a, the, having contingent love. And the essential love in her life was Sartre. But they had this weird dynamic where they would like, she would get into, she would seduce her students and then uh, chuck them over to Sartre to do his dirty deed with sort of like, um, so that pedo recently killed himself, the big one, Jeffrey Epstein and the uh, uh, Jelaine. Maxwell, uh, that, that kind of dynamic. Not saying that Simone de Beauvoir and Sartre were pedos, but they were definitely exploiting people that were within their care. So, uh, yeah, back to this conversation. Though, this is a this is a good one. Please do listen to it. And at the roots of a tree. Right, say that again. They want to be buried, put their body buried, not in a coffin, but buried into the earth at the roots, digging up the roots of a big tree, and that, and they will gradually 
Well, that's quite that's quite a nice thought. I like that. So that you're the you're the um, you're the one who's like enabling the growth of the tree. Yeah. Like your horse manure. Was it? Like your horse manure. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's quite a nice thought. I like that. Yeah. So you, even though you're gone, you're creating growth in something else. Yeah, but the Forestry Commission condemned it. Oh. They, uh, they said it wasn't right. I, I think that's a nice way to go. Yeah. Don't you? Do you know what my father said to my brother, Derek? What's that? He said, when I die, he said, will you put me in my coffin? I've got to be dead by you. Well, of course he said, you don't go in a coffin unless you're dead, do you? Well, you don't, do you, Liam? No, well, yeah, if, if you can avoid it. I wouldn't like the thought of going in a coffin not dead. Terrible. They're screwing the lid on you. Yeah, could you imagine? It'd be terrifying. Eh? It'd be terrifying. You would. Let me out, let me out, we say. Yeah. Well, do you know what Buddhist monks do? Who? Uh, Buddhists, they they leave their dead just scattered along the hillside. Who's that there? Uh, the Buddhists. The who? Buddhists. Buddhist monks. Oh. And they leave them just for the vultures to get them. Oh, I don't like that. No. <laughs> That's a terrible thought, isn't it? It is a terrible thought. Do you want some more egg? Where would that be, Luke? Well, uh, Tibet. Tibet? Yeah. Oh, is that where the vultures are? Where, well, it's where, it's where the, the, the Buddhists are. Because they're a lot of monks there, aren't they? Yeah, that's, they're, they're the ones who who believe in that, yeah. Oh, I, I don't like that idea. The tree one's nice though, isn't it? Yeah, because you'd help the tree to grow, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's a nice, they're like a circle of life. Can I have a bit more, dear? A bit more egg. Oh, there you go. Do you reckon I'll live to be as old as you, Mari? Eh? Do you reckon I'll live to be as old as you? Well, how old is your mother now? 56. What? 56. Oh, you've got a long way to go yet, haven't you? Yeah. Do you think I'll live to be 92? I don't see why not. I mean, you've got a very healthy diet, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have now. I, I... I go through stages of not being very healthy though. Oh. But I don't drink. I don't drink or smoke, so that's good. No. You did smoke once, didn't you? No, no, I, ne I, I never smoked. I thought I used to give you cigarettes, but my sister's pan got in the west, but they got a cheap cigarette. Yeah, no, you, didn't, you wouldn't have given them to me, no. Oh. You used to smoke, didn't you? Yeah. On and off. Did you only have one occasionally? I, I used to buy a packet of five, and I'd smoke it, and I'd 
Oh, that's all, five, six cigarettes. Oh, so, oh, right, so only, it only had five whole cigarettes inside. Yeah. That's not that much. No. What were the best cigarettes? Were they players? Uh, well, I don't know. I, well, I don't, my mum used to smoke Super King. Who? My mum. What, she, she, what? Super King. Super King? Super King. Super King? Yeah, Super King Lights. They were Piccadilly, wasn't they? Yeah. Pensatis. Yeah, I don't think there's any of them makes anymore. And players are there. No, I don't... I've... Have you ever smoked a cigar? Yes, I have, yeah. I used to smoke a cigar when I went on holiday. Oh, yeah. I still I still do sometimes, Every very, very rarely, though. Some people have... Men have them at Christmas, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll sometimes smoke it on like the rare occasion, but not, yeah. not really. Yeah.